All right, guys, welcome back. We are here with another episode of the Day Room Podcast. And today uh, we got Sergeant Vigo, uh, Sergeant Timothy Johnson, and Sean Graber. What was your rank when you got out, Sean? I got out as an E5. Okay, Sergeant Sean Graber. Uh, he also was with us at uh, Hunter Army Airfield. And um, yeah, so here we go. Sean, why don't you start by telling us where you are originally from? Well, best place on earth, Tampa, Florida, down here. Not born <laughs> and raised, military brat, but this was always home. So uh, I've been fortunate enough to make my way back here after uh, doing a hard five, year, five wait, six years in Savannah. So, you know, it is what it is. Probably the best duty station I can think of growing up as a kid because uh, my dad was in the military for 25 years. So uh, I was all over the place. But Savannah, I just happened to stumble across when I uh, enlisted, and I was like, sounds great to me. What I didn't realize was that it was a TAC unit, so, <laughs> and it was a rapid deployment TAC unit. So I was presently surprised when I walked through that door and found out, oh, you guys can deploy in, what, 48 hours? I was like, man, that is Actually, great. it was 36. Yeah. Well, what, we had 36, and then I know the GCA had a little bit longer to be up and operational because of the uh, it, the equipment was yeah. a little bit tougher to get uh online sometimes hobby hobby knows about that but <laughs> so um but that was i was i got stuck there for six years i actually came on orders twice while we were there i came on orders for germany and korea but uh kept getting fenced every time i would get them i get fenced in for another deployment did you go to high school in tampa no i went to uh i graduated high school i was a dod uh brat Okay. So uh, I, I I graduated over in Germany. Wow! And where, like, what what places did you did you get to stop at with your dad? Oh, oh. Uh, so his plan, and he'll attest to this any day, is he was always avoiding the Korea rotation. So he always did. He would do one stateside, and then he'd do one overseas assignment. So we ended up in Panama twice, which. If you ever had a chance to go down there, that is an amazing place. It is. They work hard. They do a lot of drug interdiction stuff down there. They did. But uh, now it's it was it was a hidden gem. Um, and then. What was it? Then we went to Germany, um, of course, Mother Rucker. So went there plenty of times. I knew what I was getting into when I went there for AIT and then uh, rolled out to was in the. Kentucky, and then we went out to uh, California. I think when I was really little, but uh, so I was all over the place, bouncing all around. What Fort Irwin in California or somewhere else? No, he was at uh, he was at Fort uh, Fort Ord. Damn. Okay, yeah. so that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that was before they became the uh, linguist uh, the linguist school up there. Wow. So. Okay, and then what? after high school what made you decide to join the army was it just you know hey i this is this is what i know no um i actually tried the college thing for a little while um but really what it was was i mean i left at 18 it was kind of funny because i left i left germany at 18 right when that right when i could drink there i decided oh i'm gonna go back to the states so came back to florida uh i was actually living with my um grandmother and my uncle at the time and then it's it's kind of weird because being on a military base it's kind of 
it's it's a little sheltered I, I guess you could say so i mean you get exposed to things but man coming back to the states it was just like free for all partying all the time not going to class not uh it, it it was getting bad it got so bad that she actually kicked me out she kicked me out i actually went to australia with him uh he got picked up on an ex- exchange program so i didn't have anywhere to really go and he's like well come live in australia for six months and we'll see what happens so i go over there but uh Australia is really uh, strict on um, foreign uh, nationals working type thing. It's it's a it's a big circus to get through there. But I met some awesome people over there. And uh, when I came back, um, I was living with my cousin, and, and uh, he had just graduated with high school. And he's like, "Well, what are we gonna?" He's like, "I don't know what I want to do. Uh, I don't. I haven't. I can't go to college. I'm not smart enough." Da da da. So him and I kind of ended up going in on the uh, kind of the buddy program but it wasn't uh it wasn't really the buddy program because he went into supply and i went into eight i knew what i wanted when i went in initially uh we left the same day and everything but he went to jackson and i went to uh benning so we ended up not seeing each other for a while until uh after after ait and stuff like that when we started going back and forth between tampa and he would go back to hood and then i'd go back to savannah Wow. So you went to Fort Benning for a basic. Yes. And how was that? That was crazy. So we were in an all male unit um, and two two roads over was the infantry uh, uh, AIT. And they were hardcore. Like those boys, they were in it to win it. And that's what they were there for. They wanted to be. So the thing I realized afterwards was they were so hardcore because a lot of them wanted to go to Savannah be in the 75th ranger regiment and those boys took that stuff seriously i mean and we had a mix of a couple of them but most of it was uh it, most of us was were just regular ait soldiers not we were there for our nine weeks and then we were moving out but they were there i think at the time theirs was like 13 weeks i think for uh infantry for just training or basic and AIT? I th- theirs was all together so okay. yeah, that was that was with their AIT and stuff all mixed in. Wow! And then when? So when did you go? What years or what year did you go through basic? I went to Benning in oh, uh, January of oh uh, one. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was uh, two thousand. It was um, yeah, two thousand. And then I got to hold on. I'm trying to think. Man, it was so long ago. Maybe it was oh one. Javi, when did you get? You got to Savannah when? October. October oh one. Yeah, so it was a, it was earlier one. Yeah, I was right. There, January one, and then if only I got there was to, a piece of paper with like a DD number with a, something like that that would tell us all something of this. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's over in the. Uh, it, it's it's been what twenty some years. Give me a break. <laughs> only Timmy will walk around with that shit in his wallet. <laughs> he pulls it out. Hey, <laughs> let me get a free. Wait, wait, let me get a free slice of pie. Here, look at my DD two fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> um 9-11 and stuff. Yeah, mine was still one, and then I I actually got to uh I got to D block in, in uh July. I was actually one of the first ones to roll in there while everybody was uh still deployed over in Bosnia. Cause I'm I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think you might have been in AIT when I was going through as a reclass. I uh, you were. Um I I think you yeah. were in the class right behind me. Okay. I got caught up in oh i can't remember his name now 
Um, because you were there with iWorks and everything, right? Yep. Yeah. So iWorks yeah. was iWorks was in the class right behind. Okay. Yeah, so, and then I went to Campbell, and you we you went. Are uh, you know? Um, oh, dude, I had um, I had Gatehouse in my class. Big bulky guy, like ex marine yeah. type dude. Yeah, he was in my class. Yeah. So, and I had him and uh, Negron was in were in my class. Um, those were the two reclass yep. guys. Yep. So, and I remember, I remember Negron. Oh yeah, he was <laughs> hanging he, out with those guys. We were, we had to give you guys PT tests. Dang. Yeah, we had to give the IET soldiers PT tests, and I remember. There, there weren't very many clubs that you could go to or very many places you could go and hang out out there. So, of course, everybody that wasn't that was reclass, we all hung out at the same places. Yeah. And roll in, hung over, giving PT tests to new soldiers. <laughs> yeah. And I think by about that time, I was I was in my phase four. So it was always either you were down in Panama City or you were out in Dover. Yep. yep. So. So. Anything, I mean, anything memorable about AIT? Anything that, you know, what I, because at, at Rucker, again, you mentioned Panama City and that was wild. I went through there during spring break mm. and I had never experienced anything like that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have my phase by then because uh, probably by the time I got there, I was still phase three. So I think it was shortly after spring break, I made my phase four. So I missed, I missed okay. the spring break down in, uh, down in Panama City, but I I had heard about it from a couple of the uh, reclass people that were down there for the weekend. You know, they tell you all about it. It's it like, wild. man, I'm still stuck here, running, playing the game of raking the uh, volleyball court and everything else. So, um, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you remember the uh, the drill sergeant that was there, right? Which one? He came. To, he came to Hunter. Look like was a he married to another drill sergeant? Well, no, no, I know who you're talking about with that one. Um, yeah, he was the lead drill sergeant. It was uh, Javi might remember his name. He was over in um, he was in like the headquarters platoon. You talking about was his last name? Wasn't it Thomas? His last name, something like that. Yes, sir. Yes, Sergeant Thomas. Yeah. Yes, Drill Sergeant Thomas. Looked like okay. a, he looked like a bulldog, and he yeah. came, he scared the living shit out of us as in AIT. But man, the minute he got to Hunter, he was like a totally different person. Like a I'm like, this ain't the same yeah. person I just dealt with for what twelve weeks of AIT. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of like when you got there, um, by I, I went to Campbell and then Korea and then I came mm-hmm. to uh, I came to Stewart and I was at Wright, sitting at Wright for a little while, and then right before OIF three is when they came and pulled us out of there. I, mean, I was so Yeah, so you, so so you were over there laughing at my section when we were out there with the GCA hanging out on the other side of the airfield, yep. sleeping in tents and Humvees and everything else. I I, I remember yeah. those. <laughs> yeah, pulling in, looking, make sure you guys are still down there. Like, um, just thinking like, man, I'm, I'm so happy I didn't have to go tack again. And we talked about this last time. Timmy, they... They, I think they had just got back from a deployment, so they're, you know, they needed some relief, and we were just like literally hiding out. And I don't think that there were 
very many people coming in from AIT. They needed more experienced tech controllers. So they pulled us out of there and sent us over to yeah. Hunter, which I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I, I now I'm, I'm excited because I got to meet all you guys and it was actually getting, I mean, working with the civilians and, you know, being able to they, they, those guys wanted overtime. So like, yeah, you guys don't know. You don't yeah. Come in. Well, well, that's where work. I got lucky that I honestly got lucky in that aspect. And these two will tell you, they, um, uh, I mean, I, I missed a little bit of some of the shenanigans, but I was there for majority of it because, uh, <laughs> since I was just sitting around twiddling my thumbs for, Oh my gosh, they were, they were, I got there in July because it was shortly before my 21st birthday. And I came back with, uh, with a couple party favors from uh, some self-inflicted wounds, and uh, Smith Smitty was there, and uh, he was giving me a rash of shit about it one morning in the uh, in the motor pool, and uh, it was like me, him, uh, Brigham was there, of course, but uh, wow. that's a whole other story. So um, yeah. when Iworks got there, they're like, "Hey, you guys aren't doing anything. Like, you guys need to figure out." something to do and we're like well i mean you sign us work tell us what you want us to do you know so they sent me and him over to the uh gca up at hunter so i was i was there up until the first deployment working uh helping those guys i mean not helping them out but they trained me up and then uh i just kind of up until we started getting orders um that was really all i did was just work gca up there and like you said the the civilian guys were there so we i didn't have to work the weekend or anything but monday through friday i was either on night shift or day shift rolling through there it was nice didn't have to show up pt, PT. just javi used to get pissed at me because i'd be like he come knocking on the door he's like you're going to pt i said hell no i gotta work tonight i get crew rest <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the best thing i volunteered i, I hear, t- I hear timmy stumbling around yep <laughs> yeah i would vo- i volunteer for the night shift and it's funny because once I cleared everybody out for training, I knew they were going to be gone about six mm-hmm. hours. I would, I brought a pillow all the time. I'd sleep underneath the terminal and just watch the scope to see if anything is coming through. And every single night there's a medevac bird that would come through. I just knew I had to have the headset yep. ready to talk to them, clear them through the airspace, look at the scope, make sure nothing's in the way and go right back to sleep. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Hey, it was you know. I tried doing that now. With, do it, but I tried doing that now, but it's frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are you guys too busy or something? <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes you gotta keep your your head on a swivel. Now you're you're at Hunter. These guys come back, and this is where I wanted all three of you guys to mm-hmm. to share. So I'm gonna sit back and enjoy this part. You you guys just share the shenanigans that you went through at Hunter once you guys all linked up. Oh, well, I mean, it wasn't God. it wasn't. It didn't happen right away either, really, because um, we were like when when I got there, you know, Sean, uh, Jeremy, and you know a lot of people that 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 we hung out with, you know, through the, from the unit, they were there before I was. So I didn't I didn't really the only person the only two people that I really knew that lived in the barracks when I got there were uh, were Monez and uh, and Brown. Those yep. are the two that I knew because. I, I knew them from AIT. So when I came in, I was Monez's roommate. That was my roommate for a while. Um, he drove me freaking nuts every freaking night. He was like a he, he was like this this little little uh, neat freak guy. Like he cleaned every day all day. Like, yeah. Stop, man. Like I'm like, dude, you just cleaned that. 
I, I think I think Javi and I finally linked up when uh, Doyle and I were just kind of hanging out one night in the barracks room. And we had we had the door open, and this is before the unit got back because they all got they all got stuck in Bosnia because of nine eleven. They were supposed to come back in like September, and then nine eleven happened, and all of a sudden they were hey you guys are stuck until we can figure out what's going on type thing. And I remember Javi comes out in the hallway and he does this thing where he just like he puts his his hands around his head and he's just like almost screaming to himself. We're like Doyle's just so laid back. He's like in this North Carolina country accent thing. He just asks him what hey man, what's up? And then Javi's just like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> he's like, my roommate, all he wants to do is clean all night. So we're like, just come over here and hang out. And that was kind of just once it once it rolled into that it was just we were honestly the three of us started and yeah. then timmy showed up and it was like almost like we were inseparable yeah so yeah. and and that was a bad that that was a bad mix sometimes but it for the most part we were just clowning and having a good time i give it about 15 percent. you know we probably had way too many shenanigans but besides that 15 yeah 15 percent. you know but any in, anything you can share? There's a lot. Well, I don't know. I don't know how we never got arrested racing down Abercorn every single night from Hooters because I had a little black niece on Centra that I was like, oh, we can get this thing going as fast as we can. And it used to just be, it was straight up just dumb shit going down Abercorn. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, well, if you can I, imagine. I think, I think the one thing that I can get away from the. Uh, we're past the stipulation part. My wife doesn't let me forget about it because her and I were dating back then. Was probably the night we came back from uh, Timmy. You, I think you were in the car. We were coming back from LT's house. Oh. <laughs> and we were, honestly, I probably shouldn't have been driving. I don't think we should have been in a car, let alone driving. Yes. Uh, I was actually late to work. Remember, I had to work that morning at the GCA and I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to be late. So I'm like, we had just turned off at Abercorn, getting ready to pull into the gate, and I'm going past the uh, we're going past the approach into the runway. And I look over to the left. Somebody stopped short in front of me. I stopped short. We were fine. It was the guy that was two cars behind us that plowed through us with the big old like uh, '77 Chevy, or it was like an old Dodge Ram or something like that, just pure metal, just ripped right through us. And nobody said a word to us. Like we're like nobody, nobody asked us for anything. Hey. This guy shouldn't have been driving. He didn't have any license. He didn't have any registration. So luckily, we got off Scott free. So I called. I called back to the DC. I said, "Hey, man, my car just got totaled. I can't make it to work." So me, Timmy, I forgot who else was in. There was like some other people in the car. We just went off into the barracks and hid that oh. day. And then I think somebody came looking for you guys. You guys didn't make it to PT. Yeah. And I'm just hiding in my barracks room. I'm like, please don't come in here. Please don't come in here because. It was it was one of those nights. Of, I don't even remember what we were. Oh, that was the night. That was the night JD fought. He boxed yep. at the uh, country bar. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. after he he whooped up on that kid from Savannah. This kid was supposed to be like a professional or a semi pro boxer. JD, I think, took him in like two rounds. Like me and Javi were his corner his corner boys, and he just ripped through this kid like he was just standing still. And we're like, all right, cool. And Farrier was there at the time. Yep. 
And it, after that, he's like, dude, we got to celebrate that because I have never seen anything like that. So somehow we ended up staying off base that night and it just continued on. So I think like, oh, I want to say we were going probably till about five o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it got to the point where we we're like, oh, shit, we got PT in like 10 minutes. <laughs> Nobody was ready. <laughs> yeah. We were we were all like I was like dude I'm supposed to be at work and like I was supposed to be at work like five minutes ago is how what my response was and they're like well we got to be at PT I was like I don't think we're making it and unfortunately <laughs> we didn't but luckily some uh, other circumstances happened that kind of like made us scot free because I remember uh, Brigham Brigham was on a rampage about that one I remember hearing him in the barracks and I'm like man I'm so glad I'm not in the in the uh, in route unit because I know he's coming for some heads right now oh he gripped me. They had me. I on. know he did. And, and uh, LT had my back from jump. Yeah. Like, as I'm walking in, he just, he, like, he comes up next to me. He just goes, keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah. Roger that, sir. He had my back. He goes, yeah, no, I saw him. He was getting ready. They were on their way. They got into a car accident. I probably so, caught more help. I, I probably caught more help from uh, my, my now wife at the time. Because yes. she oh, was yes. like, what the hell were you thinking? I was like, I don't know. But she, she, who I was with, so she's like, she's like, I know you guys were acting like fools. I'm like, she was, she was, it is what it is. She can't Art? complain every time Did he, she he hit you at the gate. Part of those shenanigans yes. too. Yes, he was. The dude hit you at the gate. Like you guys are coming through the gate and he hit you. Uh, it was right before you turned left into the gate off of uh, what road was that? We turned off of Abercorn right White before Bluff. the mall. White, Bluff. White Bluff. Yeah, it was on White Bluff. Oh my god. Dude, they like they took the dude away in handcuffs, and we're like, "All right, we're good. See ya." Oh yeah, check, check. It wasn't wasn't no MPs that stopped us. This was Savannah PD. It was Chatham Chatham County. Yeah. Oh wow. Like we weren't even on base yet. No. Oh yeah. So y'all definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, I, dude, I count my blessings every day after that one. <laughs> now, did you did is you met Nikki back home? Or yeah, actually, the funny thing is, I, I told you I went through, uh, I went in with my cousin. They grew up mm -hmm. one block from each other. So he introduced me uh, to her in November of 01. And after that, her and I just kind of like clicked after that. We just been together ever since. But I mean, she was going to school down at USF. Um, so okay. her and I kind of, I was like, well we can try this long distance thing if you want to. And we did. And, and I, and I always told her, like, I was like, you finish school first before we decided to take another step. Cause she had a full ride down in Florida. She, she's way smarter than I am. When I say I, uh, <laughs> I upgraded, I definitely upgraded. <laughs> so, but yeah, then, uh, she would come up on the, every other weekend, either, either I'd go down there or she'd come up here up to Savannah. And it was just, she, she just became one of part of the group. It was, it was fun. That's awesome. And how far of a drive is that from Savannah to? If I had to do it today, if I had to do it today, it would feel like probably twelve hours. But yeah. dude, Javi would laugh at me because I'd be like, he's like, "What you doing this weekend?" I was like, "I might try and make it to Tampa." He's like, "Dude, you are crazy." And I would. <laughs> Tim gave me his car one time. Actually, after I totaled my car, Tim handed me the keys to his Mustang and said, "Get the hell out of here." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like. Cause I was supposed to go down. I forgot what I was going down for, but I was like, I called Nikki. I was like, Hey, I can't get a rental car. I can't get anything. Cause of course I was under 25. So it was hard to find a car. And he just, he just hands me his keys. Here you go. Roll out to Tampa. I went. So 
Wow. I mean, that's how we work. Just yeah. it, it was like if one of us needed something, it was never a doubt. Shoot. But I think Javi, I picked Javi, I picked up at the bus station driving back from Tampa one night when he came back from New York. And it was yeah. like three o'clock in the morning. He's like, hey, swing by and get me. And then we'd roll into PT at five o'clock in the morning with no sleep. And, you know, I don't think we've talked about this before, but I don't think that people understand the the bond that we develop when we we're in these units. Um, it's especially being an ATC because it's such a small fraternity in the army it is. that it doesn't even matter. I mean, I literally could break down probably wherever any of you guys are here, man, here, here's my car keys. You need a place to crash. I'm going out of town. Just lock up and clean up when you leave. Yeah. No questions asked. And you don't, you don't find that anywhere else. There's nowhere else that you're going to find that. I, I don't even, I mean, maybe my sister, but I don't know any other family members that would do oh, that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Dude, uh, and it was, uh, I, I just had a story about that. Oh, so first deployment, it was actually, we like Tim called us last time, the four horsemen. It was me, Javi, Tim, and JD Doyle, as we, we called him JD. It was the four of us. And it was kind of funny because we were all in different sections. Like I was in the GCA. Javi was in, uh, I want to call it tech ops, but I know it's called something else for the uh, CNE. Even, it's, yeah, yeah, CNE. CNE. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And then Tim was in the in route. Like he was in a totally different section, like doing the, uh, doing the TAYA stuff. And uh, at the time, we didn't, inter- like, we didn't interact with each other. Like the unit, the, the sections never interact. The CNE did. CNE was the only one that kind of interacted with everybody. But as far as like me and Tim, our sections at the time didn't mingle with each other. It wasn't until we, the second deployment, when we got two new pieces of equipment that it was like, okay, now we can use each other's equipment to help everyone out is the way it rolled out to be. So we were all in different sections, but it was, we just ended up gelling together. And it was just, like you said, it was, if somebody needs something, there was no questions asked. We were, I remember we were getting ready to go across the border. We were in Kuwait. We were getting ready to get kicked out. Uh, remember, we had yep. to spend how many nights did we spend out in the desert? I forget. It was like five. Uh, I think it was no. Like a week. It was like two weeks. But we were. But it, was, we, it was closer to twenty than than it was to five. Huh? Yeah. We were. The, if you guys remember, we were stirring the shit. Tent, yeah, the defect yeah, tent burnt down, I, I and we were eating MREs. Was that fun? Yeah. So we. Were, I remember sitting out in the desert and. We were getting ready to leave. We were getting ready to leave Udari. And it was like the four of us, like I remember we were doing the last PMCs and everything else. And and it was kind of just one of those times of it was the unknown. It was legit the only time that we all looked at each other and we're like, dude, this shit's real. Like yeah. and we didn't have to say anything to each other. We just looked at each other. And it was kind of funny because then all of a sudden somebody's like, hey, we need I need to find this picture because I know it's around. But there's the four of us in front of this LMTV. And we knew at that point we were kind of going to go our separate ways because Tim was getting ready to go with in route. Or no, Tim yep. was. Yeah, Tim. I was with one of the tag teams. Yeah, Tim was going with the tag team at that time. I was going with the GCA. And Javi was kind of the middleman, but he was still with us in the main unit because um, – we kind of, and I ended up in this weird situation where we ended up like setting our equipment up at Udari. So I was going back and forth between being out in the desert to being back in Udari to run the GCA. And then eventually I ended up going out into the desert with everybody. 
eventually we ended up folding the equipment up and being like, hey, we're getting ready to roll. But it was like, we all just looked at each other and we all knew, like, we knew who to talk to if something happened to one of us. Like, we all kind of had this understanding and then there was, nothing was ever spoken about it. We just all knew, like, hey, if something happens, this is what I need you guys to do. And that was legit how we looked at it the whole time. Like, we got each other's back. And if something happens, we're going to roll out there and uh, take care of business and, and let the, and let our loved ones know if something happens to the other one. Yeah. And what's crazy about that is imagine somebody like one of the, I don't even know, what are they? Gen Z millennia. I don't know what to call them anymore. We're all under 25 at that time. Can you imagine these dudes freak out when the Wi-Fi goes out? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be sitting out in, in a strange place in the middle of nowhere in combat, yep. you have no idea what's going on. You know, we train for this shit, but it's not like you 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 actively train for something. You don't know this box has an IED under it or something. You, you yeah. don't know. You, you know, you can't simulate that stuff. And here you are. It's like you just know what to do. Yeah. I can't imagine even my kids like if the power went out, they would flip the fuck out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's just amazing. I'm revisiting this stuff, how to thinking. drive right now. And I'm just like the other day, she's like, all right, we, we rode some bikes up to, uh, up the road to like this, uh, like outdoor bar that we go to with the kids and kind of hang out and stuff like that. It's like a family environment. And she had to come back on the bike. And I'm like, I look at my wife. I was like, should I go with her? Cause I don't know if she knows the way back. Like, <laughs> it, it's stuff like that like i'm like dude i used to be out from street light on the street yeah. or street yeah. light off to street light on like that was legit yeah. what i did as a kid and and you literally could probably get in 40 miles on oh, your bike hell yeah dude i i wrote so at that time you've been to campbell so yeah. um you know where the golf course was mm-hmm. by the officers club i lived in that area yep I used to ride my bike out to the horse stables with my sister. The back 40. Yeah. All the way out to Sabre Army Airfield. Wow. Ride my bike out there. That ain't happening now. And there are no street lights. No, there are no lights out there. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I did as a kid. Yeah. I mean, these kids will never understand. I take, I take my kids back, or I used to go back to Sacramento and show them the house that I lived in. And... If you looked on the map, I, I don't even know how far it is, but we used to ride from our house all the way over to the Delta where the rivers met and swim and fish. No cell phones, no GPS, no map. My parents didn't know what the hell was going on. They, you know, the only way they knew that we were safe, we had to stop at a payphone and get on and make a fake collect call. And, you know, when it says, you know, please say your name, you just, hey, I'm okay, I'm on my way home. And then when you hear the click when they hang up, you hang up, you know they got the message, and then you just ride back, and no thoughts. My my oldest daughter, who's almost twenty three, I remember she was a freshman in high school, and she was riding her bike to school, and I, the where the way that they would ride the bike, I could see them, like even the little ones would walk to the elementary school. I could stand up and over my back wall, and watch them walk to school, and I remember standing up there, and she was going to ride her bike, so I'm like, let me hurry up and go back here to make sure she's okay. And as soon as I get up on the wall, I see her. She don't even look. Thank God there's a crossing guard right there. 
that didn't even have time to get out in the street to hold the stop sign up. She didn't even look. She just barreled through the crosswalk. Oh. There's two cars coming. Yeah. Just and and just kept going. Didn't realize how how much danger she was in. And thank God they were only doing like five miles per hour. They both stopped. I could see the driver's faces like looking at each other like there's no way this kid just rolled right through. Didn't even she didn't even look. Just straight ahead, kept pedaling, kept going down the street. I'm like, what the? You better, <laughs> There's no way I could let you drive a car. You better go play the lotto later on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have no idea what goes on with these kids. It's like you have the smartest technology you you could ever ask for. Every single answer is in your hands, and y'all can't figure shit out. Oh yeah, it's like I it's so. I had to stop playing Madden against my son a couple of years ago because he would just whoop me up one side and down the other. And I would get so mad. And finally, Nikki's like, you're just too competitive. Like, you just got to stop playing with him. Because I was like, he just beats me every time. So I honestly just quit playing against him because I was getting pissed. <laughs> and then I get mad. And she'd be like, I can't, I can't. It's like having two kids. But honestly... <laughs> Luckily, they take after their mother, and they're really smart. But it's it's different when it comes to like the street smart, like honestly, the street yeah. smarts. Like it's it's almost that they lack it. Yeah. And with technology nowadays, it's it is a lot easier to track them and keep track of them and stuff like that. But it's it it's kind of a double edged sword, honestly, because it's they have this all this technology at their fingertips and I'm glad they do, but it's like they either get so dependent on it that they don't realize what's going on around them. But then they learn so much quicker than I did as a kid, as far as the information that's available to them. So. Well, I think they also are, there's just way too much information. I think they get a little bit, they get far more overwhelmed than we did because when we were kids, we didn't give a shit what happened in in the next state over. I didn't. If if there was a a bomb threat at the Nevada State Capitol, I didn't know mm-hmm. about it. I didn't care. You know, now it's like the minute something happens, it pops up on your oh, phone. Yeah. And oh no, there was a eight point two uh, earthquake in Indonesia. So <laughs> it didn't happen where I live. But now it's like you're you're just overwhelmed with so much damn information that it's it's insane. It and I I took a job um, with Safe Flight. Just I don't even know why I did it. Uh, and they they I was working remote, and all I have is Apple products. And they're like, um, if you're going to work remote, you need to come in and sign out one of our computers. And I didn't want to do that because they were charging like fifteen dollars a month to rent a work computer. I'm like no. I have I have a MacBook. It's really fast. And they they were saying, well, you know, the MacBook is not compatible with the the software that we use. So I'm like, that's bullshit. I don't believe that. So I go and I tell my son. He I give him the instructions that they gave me for the regular laptop, the PC. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have it hooked up. I go downstairs, grab a beer. I come back up. He's got everything going. I mean, all every single thing, every app that they said wouldn't work was downloaded. The Zoom worked faster on my MacBook than it did on the other computer. Like the picture was perfect. And he even he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to show you something. I was like, what? He's like, it, if you have a Zoom call and you don't have to do video, 
you can just lay in bed and hook it up to your Apple TV and watch it on the TV. (laughs) So for like the first month I was working there was all Zoom training. I was in bed watching the the classes from my TV. And it's like he just did it effortlessly and didn't realize like, I mean, when we were growing up, if you knew how to do that shit, you're making $150,000 a year. Oh, yeah. But for them, it's just normal. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> Crazy. And here, you know, I would have just, I would have rented their damn computer thinking that what they told me was, you know, was accurate. I'm just going to, I have to use your computer. I don't know how to do this. And I feel dumb as mm-hmm. hell. How long, you, you spent, what, six years, you said? Six and a half? Uh, five and a half, six mm-hmm. years. So I was there my, pretty much my first enlistment. But then I got fenced in. Okay. Uh, so when I came on orders for Korea, it was, um, I knew that if I took them, it was going to be an 18 month deployment in Korea or a rotation in Korea. And I was like, man, I don't want to do 18 months in Korea. You know, it's Korea would be fun for a year, but I, my cousin was over there. That was her first duty station. And she's like, you don't want to do more than a year. She's like, you, you just won't survive over there that long. It's especially if you're in a long distance relationship too. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, you're going 100 miles an hour for the full 12 months. And she's like, you'll just, you'll just crash. So, um, but then, like I said, we came on orders again to go to, to Taji that time. And, uh, I mean, boys were there. Like, why do I want to go to a unit where I don't know anybody? I'm going to go spend a year in the desert with people that I know and I'm comfortable with. And I knew everybody, honestly. So it's like... I knew what I was getting myself into this time around. All right, let's roll. Yeah. And you know, it's funny that you say that, that you came down on orders for Korea and literally the day they came to, to get us, um, to, to tell us that we may be going to Hunter and we may be training for deployment. I got, I can't, the next day, actually, I came down on orders for drill sergeant school to go to Fort Jackson. Mm. And I'm like, damn, this is a box that I can check. I know for sure. This is E8 in the bag. And I'm like, you know, the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? I got Josh Arston here. I, I, I mean, I know this equipment. This is what I, this is what I worked for. Why yeah. do I want to go train some dummies? You know, I don't, I don't want to go and sit on the trail for 36 months. You know, I'm, I'm already missing my family. When I could just go to Iraq with people that I trust and, and on equipment that I already know, I don't have to learn a new yeah. job. And I, I talked to my wife and I'm like, hey, you know, what do you want to do? Should I, should I take this drill sergeant assignment? And she's like, I mean, you do what you want to do. What, you know, do you feel more comfortable going over to Hunter knowing you're going to Iraq or would you rather go to Fort Jackson and be comfortable? And I thought about it. I'm like, that's not why I signed up. You know, I didn't sign up to be comfortable. So let me go over here and fuck with Timmy. And then. <laughs> yeah. You didn't want to go yell at Chris for like six months. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, I seen no. I seen I'm so it. happy. I'm so happy I didn't. I mean, at Fort Jackson, if you send me to Knox, Benning, um, Sill, because I think Sill was still all male at yeah. that time, uh, you know, I would have been fine. But I, I just didn't feel comfortable going and uh, being around a bunch of trainees that are, you know, straight off the street. They're just dumb. Yeah. It it what well, it's not something I wanted to do. <laughs> So, and I'm, I'm happy I made the decision because, um, getting out there and, and actually getting to Hunter and getting to know you guys was probably 
it was a highlight of my army career. You know, we talked about when I first got to the unit and Javier and and Tim. I don't know if you listened to that that episode yeah, I did. when they were talking about how fucking weird I looked. Hey, <laughs> standing out there with my you coffee. You were the only one. They thought I. They know me. I didn't smoke. No, oh, he was, was always out every there. time but I see, saw them roll out there. I'm like, but, but see, shit, at that point, I'm going Sean, to take a break too. With, with Sean, it was yeah. different though because Sean he would come out there and he would he would bullshit with him. Like he didn't just stand there with a cup looking at people. You know what I mean? Like he interacted <laughs> with everybody. Like he was out there talking because most of the look if you gotta, if you think about it, look, start rolling down the names of smokers, Farron. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it? The right, sorry, right smoke. No, 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 no. Oh, no, right didn't smoke. Sorry, Phillips. No, yeah, he no, did. Not Phillips. Not Phillips. Um, what's his name? Lakaya. Lakaya. Oh, Lakaya smoked oh, three a day, bro. Uh, yeah, you had, you had, uh, you had White. Yep. You had me, Timmy. Uh, Jeremy would would be out there with his blacks. Yeah. Uh, who else we had out that there? That kid is black. Uh, yeah, that was his. That was his thing. That was this every day. <laughs> who else was? Uh, I mean, it was it was a good it was a good pack of people that would. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah. I was trying to even think in the GCA unit who was, but I think Villarreal Ferrier was the only one. And then well, yeah, well, yeah, was, look, there was a lot. There was a lot yeah. of smoking, and and we knew them all. So it was like we can go out there and just. Why would you sit inside knowing that everybody else is outside? I mean, my point exactly. Like I tell but you, you was weird, I'm sitting man. here trying to organize, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. I'm sitting here trying to organize shit for work, and then I look up from the computer, and nobody is there. And I'm like, the the first couple of times, I'm thinking, did I did I miss the memo? Did I miss a formation? Or, you know what what's going on? And I look out the window, and everybody's just out back, just bullshitting. So, all right, cool. Let me go see what's happening. Jack, when you when you rolled in, we were in the ninth building, right? With the cages downstairs. Yeah, he. Yeah, because I was going to say we got kicked out of the that old uh, POS the, building. The asbestos, the asbestos. No, I was. We were in the first one? floor at first. We were in that that single story building with the old ass windows and stuff. Yeah, he was there, yeah, he was there. And then we okay, moved. Yeah. yeah, and and then we moved. Uh, the, the, the crack house. Yeah. 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 The, the step, the, yeah, I, the I remember because house. my desk, yeah. yeah, my desk was the one that nobody wanted, and I couldn't figure oh. out why until it rained. <laughs> and I come in one day, and my damn chair is soaked. <laughs> hey, it's that field yeah. practice right there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, for for all but, yeah, times I mean, you laugh at me when I'm sitting on the back end of right in a pop up tent getting rained on. There you go, payback. <laughs> payback. We're sitting in the tower looking at you weirdos. Hey, that new guy's coming over from Big Space. Put him in a shit chair. <laughs> yeah, right? Mother- <laughs> Yo, we requisitioned. Thank we God I was hard, though. We that roof, I think, 20 times. And every single time the guy showed up, he goes, I can't even stand on the roof to fix it, bro. I'll fall through. And it's funny because, you know, you're rolling in. At the time, before we deployed, I was still living on Stewart. I was still in oh, on-base yeah, housing on Stewart. So drive. I had to drive. Woo! Yeah. And... Driving in the rain, I remember, okay, you know, just got to get to the building. I know we're not going to do PT, whatever. And I get there, and all of the other NCOs are standing over, just kind of chilling, looking at my damn desk. I'm like, these motherfuckers, what the fuck is wrong with them? Waiting for me to sit down in that wet-ass chair. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, the the good old days. I was happy to move to that new building. 
Oh, that was like that was like the Taj Mahal. So uh yeah. what yeah. we rolled in the new barracks too. Well yeah. I got I got kicked out of the new barracks. Let's let's be honest. We all know the story behind that one. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and me and first well, Nikki kick your ass if you talk about it. Eye to eye on that one. And uh you know what? The commander had my back on that whole thing, but it was kind of funny. Is this mofo hobby? What'd you do? He's like, if you're leaving, I'm leaving. I said, All right, I guess we're getting an apartment together. And we just rolled out out what we had to get an apartment for what? Like a month? Two yeah, months? Something like that. It wasn't even it wasn't even long. We had no furniture. I had a blow up mattress. Because I'm like, why am I gonna buy furniture? We all know we're gonna be deployed. Like these two had the biggest TV you could possibly get in their house and and, and a bottle of ketchup in their fridge. Hey. Hey, we had our and, priorities, right? And, and Jack, what I tell you, oh Tim, come hang out. What what am I stopping at the shop at for? Whatever beer you're drinking and grab me like a, a freaking 40 of MD. All right, buddy. Yeah, that I got was you. it. <laughs> We were we were two wow. brand new. I think I was brand new E five. I had just oh, gotten yeah. back. Yeah, because I had just gotten back from uh, PLDC. Javi, Javi, I think was. Did you pin when we got kicked? When I got kicked out, or you were close? No, I pinned. I pinned. Because uh, remember, I I reenlisted right before we went. Yes. Uh, second deployment. So, uh, yeah, because we were in. I that I was right. We were in the new building in New Barracks. Yeah, I, I think I pinned August. Man, at that matter of fact, at that point, I was they 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 made me the barracks NCO, remember? <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, you took over my room, the murder. No, shower. I took over I I had I had Monez's room. Monez moved out. I had the yeah. whole room by myself. No, no, so, no. Remember that remember that end room was always the uh because for a while it was Smitty was in there. Yeah, yeah. And then I think Monez rolled in there. And then I was in there for a little bit. That's right, because you, yeah. When you pin, they put you in there for, for a bit. Yes. You, yeah. And, and, then then they, and then they, and then they yeah. realized uh, we're, we're past anything that can get me in trouble. So Nikki and I kind of, we, we got married because, as you all know, you deploy, something happens to you. She has no rights. As, yeah. I mean, we had, been, we had been together, what, four or five years by then? So yeah. we, got, we got married. For legal reasons, honestly, is what it came down to. Well, first sergeant didn't like that too much. The commander was all about it. He's like, okay, cool. He had my back. But first sergeant, he threw such a fit yep. that, honestly, I got back that weekend. I think Monday, he kicked me out of the barracks. And by Thursday or Friday, Javi and I were in a new apartment in downtown, in Savannah somewhere. Yeah, all that stuff I, I just dredged back to that that sign that we put up on the tower and on the GCA when we were doing the GA that he took such offense to. He had it out. Oh, on the God. <laughs> like, hey, all of us. I he still say me. that was the best TDY ever. Oh, Man. that was fantastic. Man. You know what? I, I'm so pissed off. But I, We talked about it before. I didn't get to go to G8 because... Um, my wife was pregnant with my son and she was going to go into labor at any point. So I couldn't be down there and have to drive all the way back to Hinesville yeah. uh, if she went into labor. Don't worry, you didn't well, miss that. Well, so, you, could, you could get locked down on the island. I mean, that was essentially yeah. would be the issue. 
Jack, you didn't miss yeah. anything. We were we were well behaved the entire time. Yeah. We did yeah. nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah, because yeah. word doesn't travel at all. Zero, zilch, nala. Look, I I, I yeah, remember was... I was on. I had to go. I had to go down there with the advanced team first uh, to get everything set up and shit like that. Make sure that the, the equipment worked. Uh, I had a look. So of course, I get stuck with Mona every freaking time we had something to do. I had to get stuck with this kid. Uh, so we get down there and they're, they're giving out room keys, right? Because they, they they put us up in a hotel, so they're giving out room keys, and I'm like. I was like, of course, I'm stuck with this dude, right? So we get into this room, bro. This, yo, they, 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 they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't cheap out on this. When I walked into that room, it was like a, it was like, it was a two bedroom suite. The, the common area was huge, right? So we're walking around the rooms and, you know, the room to the right was the biggest, right? It had a big shower, big ass bed. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Monez and I'm like, I'm like, look, <laughs> I understand you 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 outrank me right now, but you ain't getting that room. I was like, ain't no way in hell. I was like, I am not sleeping in that little ass room over there. No, no. I was like, this is gonna be my room. I was so he just looked. Where did was, you end up? What did you end up in the townhouses or did you end up out on the beach? Where the fuck were we at? I, I think was, we was on I think we were on the beach. I was in the townhouses, like closer to the bridge, but I think I was Tim was out on no, the beach. I was at the townhouses right down the block from you. Okay, yeah. Okay. Where, where the we had the pool, time. where the, we had the pool incident. Oh God! Oh man! <laughs> that was that was my ahead, that share. was my townhouse. Oh my God! Uh, oh, there's the blast from the Hey past. Timmy, go ahead and talk about it. I'm sorry. Go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> I don't, oh, Sean, you remember the kid's name? No, I don't remember his name. That's the hard part. It was part. a young book private. I can't remember his name to save my life. He was in GCA or in uh, TAC? No, he was, he, was, he was definitely in the TAC side. I just can't remember. But we were, me, you, and Vicar were, were daring him the entire time sitting around the pool. Terrible people. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, what's his name that you guys were talking about on the last episode? Was it? No, it, it wasn't for sure. Wasn't. His last um, name started with a W. Oh, you talking about Will? Oh, no. Will. Me and Mayshack were just talking about him. He's up at, uh, he's doing what I'm doing. He's up in Atlanta somewhere. Um, oh, really? Yes. Is it Walcott? Yes. 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 That that yeah him yes I yeah yeah okay. with a uh, with a with a certain staff sergeant playing the joke yeah he he's a federal employee so we probably yeah yeah I'm we're, we're, good, we're good on that one yeah. <laughs> yeah he we you know with the with this shutdown looming we probably don't oh, oh we're good we're trouble. good with that that's all taken care of now we're, we're they're they're taking care of till the end of the year they'll they'll figure it out by then sure uh they kick the can yeah, in January kick, well no they kick the can in November. As far as the funding for uh, my department, we're good till the end of the year. Okay. So the funny thing is about that trip too was uh, that was the first time I, I was a brand new E five on that on that <laughs> on that TDY trip, and I don't exactly remember what happened, but I know these two clowns over here will remember it. I something happened with another N, a female NCO that we all know of. Um, that was on the tax side. 
and or on the uh, in route side and she tried to like she almost tried not haze me but kind of like belittle me in front of everybody and i was like we're not playing this game and uh i remember vickery will attest to this is that i would we were on the bus this was this was on the way down there so this was the uh, initial after we had taken all our equipment down there and everything else we're on the bus rolling down there and i remember I'm rolling on the bush, just giving them an earful about it. Well, I didn't realize that they were an item at the time. So I'm sitting here just bashing the crap out of her the whole bus ride down. And it wasn't until I think either Tim or Javi, he's like, hey, man, he's like, you know, those two are like kind of a thing, right? I was like, are you fucking serious, man? Like nobody could give me a heads up on. I mean, I was just ripping into him about her. I was just like. Oh, up one I, side, down the other. Yeah, like I every derogatory term you could think of, I was saying it about her because I was just. I mean, these guys know I'm. I'm pretty laid back, but when you piss me off and I start going a mile a minute, they just they laugh. They know exactly what's coming. I, but, I was literally sitting, I think, three rows behind you, lit, oh, 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 peeing myself pretty much, laughing so hard knowing the situation that was going on going yeah and tim couldn't even like be like hey sean hey just just be quiet for a minute just just let it go no we tried we tried you didn't want to hear shit you was in you was in a zone you had the blinders on the earmuffs everything you couldn't hear shit you just wanted to go i will i will say let's be honest Let's be honest. You tried. I was watching the train crash. All okay, right? good point. Good point. I, I saw the AC wheeler <laughs> on the track, and I saw the train coming, and they ran out of brakes. And I was just going to sit back and watch but, this thing go. But you know what? You know what, though? I will say that was probably probably pretty mellow compared to uh, Udari and the MRE. Remember oh. that one? That that was probably pretty mild after that one, because I remember I just lit it. And I wasn't even trying to be mean. to. I, I, I don't know. But these two were just sitting over there in the corner, just laughing the whole time when I'm just ripping into. I wasn't even. I was what an E three E four at the time. Yeah, the G factor just burnt down. Yeah. So you were E four. You were E four by then. Yeah, I was in E four then. Yeah. So they roll out these. Uh, they're like, "Hey, MRE or the uh, D fact just burnt down." This is right before, like I said, we went out and slept in the uh, sand for like two, three weeks. So they come in with a box of MREs. I hadn't gone to PLDC yet, but I had, I kind of had an understanding about how the uh, rank structure worked. When it came to food, the soldiers always ate first. Yep. Well, there was a certain NCO that he decided he was, he didn't care about his soldiers. He was going to eat first. And he reached in there and grabbed the MRE. Well, I had my hand on the same MRE. I don't know what it was. But he wasn't letting down, and I wasn't letting down. And the three clowns that I'm talking about, Javi, Tim, and JD, are just over there laughing their ass off because I'm holding my ground. I'm like, dude, you're, you're in the wrong. And it got so bad that it was First Sergeant Smith. He had to actually step in between us and, like, break it up. And he's like, I have never seen anybody, like, stand up to an NCO like that. He's like, it wasn't the best way, but he's like, I'm going to tell you, he's like, you were absolutely right in that, in that regards. Like it was, I don't know. I don't know if it was because of, we were just all stressed out or what, but 
I was that was probably not one of my finer moments either. So, I mean, you live and learn. No, I mean, I think you did the right thing. It's 100%, as you know, because you went to PLDC after yeah. that. I mean, you the soldiers are taken care of first. You don't even, you can, you can issue the MREs or you can ha- maybe have some order while they're being handed out. But you never, ever eat before your damn soldiers. Yeah, and that was kind of the, the thing that pissed me off was just like, and we were all living in what we were living in that circus tent. There was 75 of us in that tent. Yeah. And it and it wasn't like we were set we weren't separated. It was nope. females and males. And we were legit in this tent. And that was those were the del- deluxe combinations for us on that first deployment. I bet you that tent smelled fucking horrible. Uh, no, no, that was actually <laughs> honestly mild. Yeah. Compared to later on in the deployment when I had to uh we so uh this was we were just outside Fallujah up in the um up in that rock quarry. Yep. yep. Tim wasn't with us. Tim was further up. No, but, it was, uh, uh, yeah, we were pushing towards the uh we were pushing towards the airport at that point. We'd passed Fallujah already. Yeah, so we were sitting outside of the rock we were sitting up in the rock quarry and we were just outside Fallujah. This is before we went through the gap, because I remember this whole thing. And we were doing uh so we couldn't set the only thing we set up there was the tower. We didn't set anything else up. We didn't set up the GCA. We didn't set up the TAS. We didn't do anything. It was just pretty much we were setting up a fart for the Apaches before they. This was actually right before um, the Jessica Linton incident. Yep. Because that was kind of what delayed us from rolling forward. I, I, I think we left shortly before that, but um, we were sitting up on this rock quarry overlooking Fallujah. I was doing a guard rotation with um another female soldier and man you walked in and this is when they decided to separate us i was like this is kind of weird like why aren't we sleeping with our sections like that's kind of what we've been doing because we had we had two females in our section but for some reason they decided to like separate us so we're like okay so i go in i go in with this the female that i was walking with man you walked in that tent i was like i cannot (laughs) be in here like it is end of march and we had been yeah. we had already been rolling out for like a month with no showers no nothing yeah. so yeah well you remember the bet that me jd and howland have no also right before we cross the border uh howland grabs all all the guys and he goes and me jd and howland will last three to go no showers until we get to baghdad God, nasty motherfuckers yeah we throw the floor right. <laughs> You know what I mean? That at least God. I showered when we got to Baghdad. That motherfucker waited like three weeks. Oh, how blue? Oh. Remember his uniform? Oh, dude, that oh. thing stood up on its own. Yeah. That looked like Pelegrin's pressed jeans. For real. For real. My first shower was in between the runways at the GCA site. Oh. And I got the shower fell over with a C-17. The first C-17 landed in uh <laughs> in Baghdad. <laughs> I was all excited for that one because I left the I left the water. Sh- I actually so Farrier, of course, what he's doing now does not surprise me. He uh, he built the yeah. He, he built, built everything. Yeah. So yeah. he was the uh, what what was that job title he had? He was like the uh, he was the carpenter. No, no, he was the NCOIC for um yeah, like all the waste and not the waste, but like uh, setting up latrines and stuff like that. Oh yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he was legit awesome at it. Like I remember we were in Udari and we're sitting there and 
of course, in Udari, they'd run their practice approaches and then go on their way. Okay. And then uh, he's like, we'd go out, we'd go outside the shelter once they were done. And he's out there building like a porta potty out of one of the metal folding chairs. Yeah. That was like what he was doing. And then the minute we rolled into buyout, I remember, uh, so the runways got about six big holes in it. So we're like, all right, well, we're not running anybody into that area. The only thing we ran to was we had a, an area for the helicopters to run uh, precision approach shoes, but it wasn't until the, they're like, well, where are we going to put the C-17s? And we're like, C-17s, C-130s, we're like, well, there's a taxiway right over here that hasn't been touched. So we set up two different approaches to two different pieces of pavement, which as when we had that equipment, it was uh, a lot of manual labor to get it to work. But I remember I was all excited. I'd been out. They're like, okay, you're going to have the first night shift. I'm like, all right, cool. So it was right before sundown. I had my, uh, I had one of those camping showers on top of the generators, like all afternoon. So I was like, perfect. Hot shower. Good to go. Barrier had built this, uh, this shower, uh, um, structure with, uh, but what he had done was he put like a, a shower curtain facing the taxiway where these, uh, C-130s and C-17s were landing. Well, you know how much wind those things blow off when they land. Well, as I'm taking a shower, what happens? The plywood structure just falls over. I'm just standing there butt naked in the middle of the desert. I'm like, well, <laughs> it is what it is, but I'm at least I'm clean now. I can't, I'm just trying to picture which taxiway they were, they would land on. Cause it was that it was the far one on the, I want to say on the West side. So it was on the military okay. side where all the bunkers were. Yeah. Good God. I actually still have the map that we yeah. worked on. So I, the, I stole that from uh, the D block. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see that one. Yeah. Nothing was going to stand no. up. I, I can't even believe you were trying to take a shower. I didn't know they were coming. They, so, <laughs> This was this was kind of the same. This was kind of the same night. Was uh, we had just rolled in. Tim and them had already set up the tower. So the GCA was all the way down at the south end of the runway, as like in between the runway and the taxiway. And I remember we're rolling out there. Well, we kept having that problem. Remember when we Tim and Javi will remember this, but we all came in on that south entrance area. Yeah. And we went across the taxiway, and then we went across the runway. Yep. And we we ended up on third ID was rolled up on. Um, they were living in Hotel California because we were told we couldn't go, go go there because what had happened was everybody ended up getting food poisoning in the aviation brigade over there. Yep, we're we were all the way up on that north end side just in the tower alone. Legit, I think we were still doing we were doing night ops like light discipline. Like you couldn't even have any because they were still fighting on the north end of the airport. Like they yeah. were still trying to take apart the. Uh, the leftover Iraqi military that was up there. Like it was supposed to be like their best brigade or something like that. What we were, ha we were getting these ghost targets on the GCA and we're like, cause we'd had a couple of Once third ID recovered everybody, we started running the helicopters to the, um, to the approach to the uh, blown up runway. Well, they had a pad and they, then they would hover taxi over to the terminal. Well, then all of a sudden we were getting these ghost targets on the GCA because it was the old uh, 71 Bravo, which was an old, 50s style equipment that we were running with so we kept having these problems with like every time mehemet or an lmtv would go through that area we would get like a, a primary target so we couldn't we would lose the uh like the helicopters as soon as they got kind of like 100 feet off the ground we would we would lose their targets 
So, and that was right around decision height. So we were like, Hey, we can only give you like approaches to a certain altitude because we can't verify what's underneath you around there. And then I remember they're like, well, Hey, Ferrier goes, Hey, Graber, you and, uh, I think it was me, Harris. And I'm trying to think of who else, but he's like, you used to check the targets on the GCA by driving an LMTV or a Humvee around these target things to try and figure out where they were. And we're out there in the middle of the night. He's like, Hey, take all these tent poles because we're not going to, we're not going to use a camo out here. He's like, it's ridiculous. They know we're here. So we took the camo tent poles to try and raise our, uh, our target, our, uh, reflectors, what they were called higher than the, uh, higher than the vehicles. So I'm standing on top of this Humvee in the middle of the night and it, it had kind of quiet down. So we're like, all right, if we do it in the middle of the night, there's not as much traffic going across the taxiways and stuff like that. Well, all of a sudden I hear this whining noise in the background and I was setting up the targets on the taxiway. I didn't even know anybody was coming in that night. I hear this whining in the faint, faint distance. And we didn't have it. We didn't have any handheld radios. We weren't talking to anybody because for some reason, I think my truck, oh, Tally was the NCO I see at the time. He was, uh, so our truck didn't have a radio or something that happened where it dumped all the comm channels and stuff like that. So I'm standing up on top of this, this Humvee, slightly raising this, uh, these reflectors up. And I hear this faint whining, whining, whining. For some reason, it was like there was like a light in the background. And I caught the reflection of the C-17, like, going like 10 feet above my head and it blasted me like i just at that point i'm like there's nowhere to go so i just jumped off the truck well at the same time i got blown into the sand because i got caught in the jet wash behind the c-17 man i was like nobody could give me a heads up like this is what you guys are doing out here like i came back i looked like a freaking uh like a big snowball you look like hobby sand like that that's just the way that deployment went it was, if you could think of the unthinkable, it happened to everybody out there. Oh, what about yes. the three days of Red Sky? Oh, oh God. The wrath? Oh. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I try to tell people here when they, oh, the Habu, we're having a dust storm. I'm like, this ain't shit. Oh. This is nothing. This comes through and it lasts maybe 30 minutes. Try five or six days. Yeah. That wrath was the shit, though. That motherfucker. That was the only time that we actually got caught when we were in, I, I, it happened first deployment and second deployment. I remember that was the only time in the GCA that I actually got called out during the day was during that because they had launched all the Blackhawks and stuff like that. Well, of course, Taji was the only far outside of Baghdad. And uh, I just gotten done working night shift and they come roll, rolling over there. Hey, you guys got to go back in. I was like, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Why am I going back in? And they're like, they, these guys are stuck. So that was like for like three days straight. That was the only time that we actually ran GCAs during the day. Wow. Yeah. You know who didn't need you guys at all? Remember, Timmy, what, what board game did we used to play when that would happen? This motherfucker. You see, you see the shit that I had to deal with? I, no, because we worked, we worked at, we, we worked at the VIP heliport. So, I mean, we didn't have, we didn't have was radar. Yeah. Were we playing Monopoly or Rift? I can't remember. Both. We were playing both. But that day we were playing risk and we're sitting here. It had been like this for two days. So no traffic whatsoever. I mean, nothing going on. And then all of a sudden we're, we're playing and 
Timmy's like, you hear this shit? I'm like, what the fuck? And then the radio crackles. And it's fucking British. Oh, yeah. Flying their big, dumbass aircraft. And we run outside. Like, we ain't even manning the radios at this point. We run outside, and these bitches just drop down and land, let a bunch of people off, and then take off. And we're like, we ain't had traffic in two, three days. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> they, I mean, they were crazy. I'm sitting there trying to take over Australia, and we're like, uh, somebody's about to die on the pad. <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, I, I thought maybe somebody had had started up one of the Blackhawks on the that was tied yeah. down. And I, like you know, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to blow some dust off of it or something. We go outside and you just see the landing light coming through the dust, and and here these motherfuckers come land right in the middle of the helipad. Was that was that the Pumas? Yeah, it was. It was Pumas. Yes. Yes. Those guys yeah. are crazy. Leaking all over the place. <laughs> Yeah. Like it takes off. There's hydraulic fluid all over the the field. I'm like what the? Oh yeah, that they, was that die. was like one of our uh, up at Taji because I got cross trained in the GCA and the tower, and it was funny because I was working tower one night and this guy declares an emergency. I'm like, all right. He's like, well, I said you can clear him to land on the runway. He's like, no, we don't want the runway. And I was like, there's nobody else out here. Like it's n- there weren't as much move. There wasn't as much movement going on during the day and uh, at, at night. And he he elects to uh, put the skids like there was a pad just south of the uh, just south of the tower, and I'm looking and he's heading right at me, and he's like, "Yeah, we lost all our hydraulics and everything else, so we're just gonna do a uh, skid landing." I thought the best choice was the runway, but he decided to do the pad right at the base of the tower, and he legit slid from like one end all the way up until the road to go to the tower, and I'm just like, this like pointed right at me. I'm like, well. <laughs> Which way are we going if he decides to take the building out? <laughs> it's going to happen. I want to know what their training is like. Because those dudes, they were, they're nuts. They didn't I care. mean, do they just, yeah, they're like, hey, you know what? This helicopter may or may not fly. So, hey, look, you know, their toilet is flushes the opposite direction. That's all they care. <laughs> not in England, you, you dummy. Idiot, bro. They drive on the wrong side of the road. They're on the same hemisphere as us. Pick up a history book. <laughs> New Jersey Jersey public school system again, man. You're giving New York a bad name again, bro. Just say you're from Jersey. Man, I thought Florida education was bad. Now I understand why they didn't lean on me in Jersey. (laughs) Sean, we we talked last time about about Taji, and Javi was like, I don't know, I guess you guys, you know, y'all thought we were all bougie and shit down at... um, at the uh, at Bio or uh, what the hell was our Washington yeah, Army Airfield? Washington, Washington yeah. Army Airfield, baby. Washington, yeah, yeah. WAP. I, I only got <laughs> the real WAP. I only got to go down there once, and it was for a quick uh, a quick minute because I kept getting sent up to Balad. That was for some reason they they kept wanting to uh, they kept wanting to flight check the uh, GCA from the south, and what was south of Taji was Fallujah. So every yeah. time the Air Force, uh, the Air Force would come in there with the, first they tried a King Air, and then I think they tried some sort of jet. I think it was a Falcon of some type. But they kept wondering why they were getting shot up coming over Fallujah in the middle of the day. And I'm like, you're flying over one of the worst areas in Iraq with an airplane. Like they see you, they're going to take a shot at you. It's going to happen. And that was the whole reason why yeah. we even we even made it a point. Like if you need us. 
during the day, like I said, during the sandstorm, we'll run, we'll run an approach for you, no problem. But if it's clearing a million, we're not going to run an approach because it's it's just putting you in a bad spot. And that was kind of the agreement we had throughout. So I would see like it was funny because at night when you guys were taking like the mortars and stuff like that, I remember on the uh, the group chat that was going around, we'd always see it. Hey, Washington's clothes are taking mortars or stuff like that. That was that was really I think I got to go to there once. And that was through the whole deployment because I kept getting sent up to Balad to run simulators and stuff like that working with the air force so that was that was kind of my nemesis for that deployment because you know balad yeah, was so you know, bad balad was the shit man balad was yeah i was about to say balad was when i first went up there hey i'm yeah movie theater you can pick what movie you yeah. want to watch um the community pool i'm like y'all got a fucking Cause, pool because he, he answered it already he said air force come on there it is oh, that's hey, right. you yeah, want to yeah. you want to send me to balad for a week i'll go i'll go happily for a week <laughs> Now I can't I can't complain because down there right we had some pretty damn good food being right by um, being in the green zone, but when I went up there they had Chinese people actually cooking Chinese food. I'm like, what the? And we got KBR people, yes, from Texas, no teeth, making our food, and they they have chefs, like actual. I don't even think these dudes spoke English. They're just in there making fried rice and like Panda Express. I was gonna say, Shaq, you got. You were one of the lucky ones that got to go in the R and R to Balad, right? I thought I no, thought, not Balad. I thought the R and R was to uh, Qatar. Oh, it was Qatar. Qatar. Yeah. yeah. Who got, who, yeah. Did you get to go on that one, John? No. Um, I went to Balad uh, a lot, but I, I went back stateside because my uh, some friends of ours were getting married. Um, I went. It was um, who was in my section that uh, starts with the W? Williams. Williams got to go to Qatar, and he told me all about it. I was like. Dude, that's like a freaking resort. Like, yeah. no, now because I know a couple of people that went to Diego Garcia instead of Qatar. The fuck is Diego Garcia? When did that come about? Because I didn't get offered that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, what what I just, was this, man? Like, I knew I was hated, but come on, <laughs> I didn't get to go to either. Yeah, it was. Um, I just remember them saying that there was, um, there were too many people at the R and R spot in Qatar, so they just shipped like twenty people over to Diego Garcia to chill out and i'm like what the fuck is diego garcia so i looked it up and i'm like oh my god um it, it's all pretty much all like state department cia and air force and uh civilians just chilling there and it's just it's like going to dubai Damn. like what the fuck yeah how the hell you go there but we i mean and long will tell you son long we used to go to freedom rest all the time all the time on the other side of the um, the embassy, yeah, uh-huh. like, uh, and that place was bananas. Like one of those high, the like ten meter high dive. Um, it was almost like being on Balad, but we I don't know who he knew over there, but we we used to just go over there and chill, play dominoes, and barbecue. So that's yeah, we were struggling down there. Okay. I, I hear that. Right. I oh, mean. <laughs> struggling <laughs> we had we had to be on the whole damn time oh that god that, that clown it was, it was a real struggle you guys uh, could have taken rig alcohol and the bar closed so we had to go to the liquor store it was very difficult yeah i hear that terrible yeah i heard i heard all and, about and then it, if yeah. if we couldn't I, it, it was, if we couldn't wrong. do that uh blackwater would would loan us some some supplies yeah, true. it's terrible i mean it, i don't know what we would have done mm. 
They would have just been miserable like us. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, what are you doing these days, man? Like now you're out, all of the fun shit's done. Well, somehow the I got hired by another government agency. I'm uh I'm an air traffic controller down here in Florida. So kind of keeping the tools of the trade just it actually just kind of uh it kind of just kind of fell on my lap because I, I originally went in the army to I wanted to fly. That was essentially what I wanted to do. Growing up around it for my whole childhood that's what i wanted to do but uh eventually it just got to the point with uh the rotation the the ops tempo i was like dude if i sign up for another six years i already know how many times i'm gonna be back in this desert at least three more times at least i think uh <laughs> the funny thing is, is i think uh one of one of the guys that was one of the original d block guys was uh waters he just retired i think last year or the year before yeah, last I think it was so, I think it was last year. But yeah, he ended up in that in that off tempo. He was doing what he wanted to do, which was great. But I looked at it like this. I'm like, man, I don't know if I can do three or four more deployments. It's it's a big thing. Actually the thing that uh second deployment was so it was kind of a funny story. I was telling you about my dad, kind of um we were at Udari. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually landed. He actually flew through the airspace while we were there on the first deployment. And he was passing. We were passing information back and forth through the uh, through the tower team, and it was kind of cool. And then uh, he threw or the second deployment. He threw, he flew through Taji because uh, he ended up getting uh, with the Marines. So he was a uh, he was attached to the Marines as a medevac pilot. So it was kind of cool because we kind of got a pass information back and forth. He'd fly through, hit the FARP up real quick, and they'd call down from the tower, be like, hey, come up here. Somebody wants to talk to you. And so I'd run up from the GC up to the tower, and we'd shoot a quick message back and forth. So it was kind of cool because we got to talk and keep in touch that way. But uh, eventually it just got to him, to the point for him. He's like, he's like, I'm done. He's like, it's, it's just getting too much as far as the ops tempo and everything else. So when he retired in 05, I, I took a hard look at it. I actually got, it was kind of funny because Ibsen was throwing the book at me for everything. He's like, I'll send you to Pathfinder school. I'll let you run the GCA. I'll let you do this. I'll put you up for E6. I was like, I don't need you to put me up for E6. I can do that myself. Like I'm one, I'm a, in my opinion, I'm a pretty square to a soldier. Like I've had my differences with some people, but I never once put myself in a situation where I didn't think I could make the next rank up. And uh, eventually, honestly, I think it was just that second deployment with all the the stupidity of it with, like Javi said, just being around that group. Not the group, because the group was good. Just one individual can just make or break the whole deployment for you. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. We get out, I'm, get, I'm, I'm rolling out. And it's funny because when I did that, um, what? We'd been back for maybe a month when I ETS. No, we got back in January. I ETS in like April. The unit didn't do shit for me, honestly. It wasn't the unit. It was actually Brown, Javi, Tim, and a couple other guys. We all went out to lunch. And it was funny because I was like, they're like, you leaving? I was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm doing the out processing, stuff like that. And it was kind of funny because I still I still remember it. All of a sudden, here comes Brown with this big old grin on his face like he always has. 
with a Care Bear cake that says, congratulations, <laughs> we're going to miss you. And that was all I got from the, I didn't get anything from the unit, nothing from the higher ups. It was from my boys that were in the trenches with me in D block. Like that was just the way the unit was like, we went through so many upper echelon, like as far as first sergeants commanders, like I think the first, the, the first deployment, Oh, I can't even remember his name. That crazy captain that we had. Oh. The Chinook pilot. Krevins. And it was Krevins. funny because Yeah, that captain dude was Krevins. nuts. Yeah. And it was first Sergeant Smith was actually He was the buffer. He was our buffer. He was the buffer. But then flip around the second deployment, the first sergeant was nuts, and everybody thought he was a joke. And it was a commander that actually kind of kept everybody like mellow and chilled out so we couldn't we could never get like a good duo like it was like one or the other you were getting some some clown that was going to try and do some crazy stuff you missed the good duo uh last deployment freaking uh what you call it uh blair Blair and and uh lewis those two best first star commander together ever I'm telling you, because uh, they both they both had the same plan all the time. It wasn't one was thinking this and the other one was thinking that. No, it was more of a uh, Captain Lewis would would go to the first one and be like, "Hey, do you think we should do this, this, and this?" And first one, like, hey, yeah, we should, but we how about we change this?" And they would agree on it and be like, "All right, let's go, let's do that, let's knock it yeah. out." Yeah, you know, I would so have loved to have seen that. Those were the I think it was, best two. Hob, I think it was also because me and you were in that room when we saw it. Like we don't know, we don't know with with Smith and Krevins because I think Krevins was so far out there that yeah. it was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you notice also what what happened after that deployment when, uh, with those two, the awards came. I mean, we were nominated and won so many freaking awards uh, as an ATC unit, and it, of course, it's the soldiers, but. You know, when you got leadership that's on the same page, it takes the load off of us. Yeah. You did you uh, you you went down to uh, to Florida and you've just been in that facility. No. Since then, since you. Um, I mean, I. I Florida's kind of the. Uh, the dream spot for uh, controllers. It's so a lot of people. It's hard to get once you leave the. Uh, the district it's hard to get out so i kind of like jumped around i i went down to i was at sarasota for a while i went up to orlando worked worked there for a while and i i love that facility but when i got off uh there was a i did a swap with the guy that um he wanted to kind of just ride out retirement in just a tower only so him and i he wanted to go to orlando and i wanted to get back to tampa so when that came about him and i just swapped and so he's long retired since then. It's funny because his name's Sean too, but uh, it was kind of just a mutual agreement that he wanted to chill out, and I wanted to go get my radar ticket. So I went back. I came back to Tampa, and I've been here ever since. So, and I mean, it's now to the point I can I can retire in seven years if I want to, but I probably can't because I got a six year old that I got to get through school first before I can do that. But. <laughs> We'll just ride it out. I mean, I can't. Well, you I say love that. where Wait, I live, so I can't of, complain. Seven years. It, boy or girl? Uh, I got a boy. Yeah. Okay. So, 
stuff. By the time he's 13, you may want to retire and just exactly. <laughs> you know what? I I need to focus 100% on this knucklehead. <laughs> My son just turned. Well, he's about to be 19 oh. in a month. Yeah, yeah. And the last six, seven years, keeping him in line. Not that he's a troubled kid, but once they hit that 12, 13, I 14, a, and then I got a 12 year old too. That's the, right now. Smart as can be. Yep. He's smart Girls as can are, be. He's smart. It's just, man, sometimes I'm just like, uh. Yeah. Trying to get them to that, that from, from 13 to 18 without going to jail or doing any dumb shit is, it's going to be rough. You're probably going to want to retire. And if that happens, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what? I want to touch on something that you, you mentioned earlier, because this is something that we don't encounter a lot. Um, and Javi's initial, when he when we talked before, his initial entrance into the Army was unique. And it's something that I had never seen, where he went to basic between junior and senior year and then went back to AIT. Yeah, that is weird. After he graduated. That, yeah, it's, I've never heard of that. But you, man, you have a, another really, really cool and unique story where you actually got to serve with your father. And, you know, you guys got to communicate and got to see each other in a combat zone. And that's not something that that happens often. And it's something that you guys will be able to share with your kids uh, when they're old enough to understand. But that is so cool, man. How was that? How was that feeling? Um, it was kind of it was kind of surreal because uh, it was uh, like I said, the first. So he was over at uh, Javi. Javi and Tim, actually, we used to go over there, but uh, he was uh, he was stationed over at Benning. When he came back. So he he did the uh, he did the Australia exchange program, and when he came back, he was trying to he was actually trying to get to Savannah because he was uh, what did you call that uh, a hardship for his his mom was sick at the time, so he wanted to be as close to Florida as he could, but he knew he wasn't getting like in the McDill or anything like that because they didn't have a uh, aviation unit there. So um, he ended up at Benning, and it was funny because Tim it was we'd be shooting the shit. My mom would call up and she'd be like, Hey, why don't you bring the boys over and, and I'll make you guys dinner and stuff like that. And so we'd roll over to Benning for a couple hours and go have a home cooked meal, shoot shit with mom and then roll out after that. And, uh, so, and like I said, all three of us can say hi to each other's moms and they know exactly who it is and they know our personalities. So they like, They'll, they'll they'll throw grenades if they want to at us and we'll take it all day long because it's just the way we are and uh <laughs> so they got to know my mom and uh we roll out to taji and it was he what was it where were we no we weren't at taji yet i'm sorry i messed up the date we're at udari and uh he got like i said he got attached to the marines and so he was, they were, we were running up the West side of, um, of Baghdad. We came around the West side up through the Karbala gap. I think it was, that was the, and that was the same night that, um, uh, Tim wasn't with, uh, Tim was with the, the tanks mm -hmm. and somehow that night we ended up in front of the tanks. Yeah. I was, I don't know how that whole thing happened. All I remember is we ended up uh, we ended up in this like open desert, but we were running we were running under MBGs, and you couldn't drive 
this is probably dangerous as hell is what we were doing because you couldn't follow the truck in front of you because the dust was just so bad. So what we ended up doing was echeloning left or I think we ended up echeloning to the left because the wind was coming from the west. So that way you didn't get stuck behind the dust cloud in front of you. And then all of a sudden we hear over the radio, they're like, hey, you guys need to stop. And we're like, what for? And they're like, we're like, we're not even close to like a fuel stop or anything like that. We're rolling in the desert in the middle of the night. And we just end up sitting in the middle of the, pulling over to the side of the road in the middle of this town. And we had like these, this Apache overhead watching us. And they just, they, you hear them talking back and forth. We were in like a three mile long convoy, probably longer than that. Cause we were with the brigade. And uh, so later on talking to my dad about it, he's like, yeah, he's like, I was on the West side. Of, he was on the East side of the river. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, you guys were in that group where all of a sudden it's just like this massive convoy goes in front of the tanks and they're like trying to reel you guys back in. But you guys are just like flooring it, trying to get to the next spot. Like you guys were just on a mission. And I was like, like, nobody knew where we were going. Like we're just and um, so him and I were just laughing because he's like, you know, some of the dumbest stuff happens in combat. But it's one of those things where you always have a story. Because he was actually attached to the Marines. And so he was he was he was running with them for a while. Like uh I remember he was telling me some stories about um we ended up in uh it was when they were doing the the Thunder Runs when we first initially went into Baghdad. And so the A1s were going up in there, we were sending the Apaches in there, everything else. Well, the Marines were sending their Cobras in there, but what they were doing was calling for medevacs and the medevacs were going in there without any sort of escorts. And I'm like, the hell were you guys thinking? He's like, we weren't, he's like, we were just kind of just like you guys weren't thinking when you were guys were on a mission to get from point A to point B, even though you didn't know where point A was, you just did the mission. And that's what it was about. And he was essentially doing the same thing on the other side of the river. And we, it was just kind of weird how it was like paralleling, like each, our our own path was just kind of paralleling each other the whole way up and uh that's so crazy so yeah it was kind of cool because um so we were kind of side by side i think we came about home about the same time too um so that was kind of a unique situation so like i said i mean i got to talk to him very vague and far but he was he was dealing with some stuff uh with my uncle had died while we were there the first time and stuff like that and so he was, I was honestly shocked that he came back and kind of, but he's one of those guys, like he's one of those military guys where like he can, if something's going on, he can bury it way down and just do what he has to do. And, and I've essentially was the same way. Like I just kind of keep going, get done what I need to get done and worry about the aftermath later of what's going on back home. So, but in Taji, it was kind of cool. Taji was cool. Cause he was, uh, we got there and he was rolling out. So he was up at, uh, he was, he was up at, uh, where were they at? Missoula. So they were up in Missoula and they were, they were transitioning back. So they stopped at Taji for fuel. And that's when I got to see him real quick. I mean, it was a brief, like 15 minutes at the farp while they refueled and got out of there. But I mean, just kind of seeing that the, the, just that familiar face, like, like I said, with my boys, didn't have to say anything to anybody same thing with your dad you just kind of 
you know exactly what he's gone through. He knows what I'm about to go through. So it was just kind of like one of those like silent messages of you know what's what each other's story is and what you're going through. So and like yeah. you said, I mean, it's funny how that bond is so close. And I think it had, I mean, growing up, I never understood it because being a kid and selfish and, oh, dad's leaving again. But it's kind of one of those things like now that I experienced it for the short time that I did, it was just like, I know, I know what you went through. So it's kind of like we can, we have that bond that nobody else understands unless you were deployed with each other. Yeah. And you can, I mean, now you can show him a level of appreciation that you probably couldn't have shown when you were younger, Oh yeah, when you were a kid and he's leaving. Uh, but I, I mean, do you ever talk to your mom about it? Like both of you guys being in the desert at the same time, she must've been losing her. Oh, damn she mind. hated it. She freaking hated it. Um, was that first or second deployment? I can't remember. Um, so funny story about that was, uh, th- that was, a, this was a, I was coming home for R and R, uh, and yeah, I was going to Tampa because uh, our friend's wedding was. It was the end of July, so it, I think it was a second deployment. It was funny story was I'd gotten stuck. I couldn't get out. It, so you talk about the sandstorm. That was I was supposed to go on to. I was supposed to go on R and R back to Kuwait. I couldn't get on a bird to get out of there. Nobody was flying. Nobody's like doing anything. It was actually uh, Lieutenant Adams who got me out of there because he was, he had gotten himself attached to a flight unit. Cause we had two, uh, what do you, what do we call those? Um, XOs. We had two XOs at the time. So Satori was down in Liberty, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you got, where were you got, you guys were at, um, what was it? We were on, he, he wasn't that far the, from them. Embassy. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. that far. I love that dude. Though. Yeah, so Satori was down at Liberty, and Adams got himself attached to, like, one of the uh, Chinook units. Like, somehow he got himself out of the XO, um, out of the XO role, and he was flying Chinooks with these guys. So he, he he's like, he saw me sitting at the flight line one time, and he came over to the tower one day. He's like, I was like, hey, sir, I was like, any any word on when we're going to be able to get out of here? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I'm supposed to be on R and R, and he's like, oh, he's like, I haven't been in the uh, in the ops building in a while, so let me go see what I can figure out. And he actually came and got me that morning. He's like, you got your bags packed? I said, yeah. He's like, be it, be out on. Like, he didn't even tell me to go to the tax terminal. He told me to go to the flight line at like eight o'clock that night, and I wasn't even on the tax manifest. He just, he's like, hey, put this harness on. I said, what? He's like, put the harness on. He's like, you're part of my crew. I was like. <laughs> part of your crew what are you talking about so he monkey strapped me in the back of the schnook and took me down to uh up to balad to get me out of there because he's like dude this That's is so cool. he's like this is bull crap he's like i can run i can do a run up with you you don't have to wait on the because by that time the pack terminal was still backed up he's like they were looking at like probably like a week like of trying to recover from the uh from the sandstorm so he just put me in a didn't even put me in a flight suit, just put me in a harness. And he's like, you're the assistant for the, uh, for the gunner. I said, okay, I can do that. I can, I can feed ammo out of a barrel for you. So he <laughs> rolled me out of there and it was just kind of one of those things. So long story short was this was kind of the, the trip that you should never take because we had, uh, we had flown out of Kuwait. Of course we get on uh world airways at the time. 
and the entertainment center catches on fire. So we had to divert to one of the uh, former Soviet Union countries. And we end up in this airport and uh, I just happened to, and my dad had just retired. So I called, I, like you said, you had a car, you had like the AT&T prepaid card real quick that you had that I had to borrow from somebody so I could make a phone call because I left all my stuff back at my, uh, back in Taji. And she answered the phone. I said, hey, let me talk to dad. She goes, what? I said, hey, this is what's going on. This is the aircraft caught on fire from the entertainment center, but we're going to keep moving. But this is like the timeline. And I just kind of let it at that because I knew she was going to stress out. I landed in Atlanta and I'm going to uh, get on the next flight to Tampa. And you kind of had to go out of security and come back in to get to the next flight. And there's my mom standing there. And I'm like, in Atlanta, I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? And she's like, well, I just had to see you, even if it's for five minutes. She didn't care. She just wanted to make sure that I was okay and that I was in one piece. And she just, she knew where I was going because I had, like I said, my wife was down camp at the time and she, she eventually was going to come down there. She's like, she's like, I knew you were only two hours away. So I just had to make it and come see you. And she drove over there and waited for hours for me. Like, I think, I think I was supposed to get there like three days ahead of time. And she just found out where I was going and when I was going to be there. And she went and sat at the Atlanta airport and waited for me. So that's so she, cool. she knew the game. So that was kind of the cool part about it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And what world air. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about world air. That was one of the perks though, of being in an aviation unit. I, I, I can recall like, um, you know, mentioning going up to Balad. And if I, if we were, weren't working you know we had some downtime and satori or somebody else was gonna just take a training mission up there like how long are you gonna be up there oh, about six seven hours okay cool can i fly up with you oh, yeah yeah let me put you on the manifest and it, you know we could do shit like that like or um i'm trying to think of one of there's this one fob that they liked to fly into for some weird reason it was a small fob was, iron horse was it yeah iron horse yep so I'm like, yeah, cool. Can I can I go with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Let me put you on the manifest and let's go. And we got to do cool shit like that. Mm-hmm. Or when they're going out, um, the gunners are doing, uh, like, of course, they don't have a range. So they got to go out in the middle of the desert to fire their their weapons. And it was just fun to go on those those missions with those guys and watch them. I can't really say uh, what they would aim at, but oh, yeah. um, just watching them tear shit up in the middle of the desert you know perks of being not being in a in a infantry unit or you know a um a, a unit that you don't get to have fun shit going on oh yeah and 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 that was kind of the 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 cool thing about being at hunter for so long was you granted i felt i mean javi and tim will say this we we're kind of the redheaded stepchildren of the uh, third id like legit they never wanted to have anything to do with us until it was they needed us to come to the field with them or something like that so it was like one of the only and somehow i got lucky because i looked at tim here's tim packing his bag going to jrtc again and i'm like or uh <laughs> back out to Irwin, and i'm like hey, yo, dude. No, no one likes this story sean okay <laughs> i'm like i'm, I'm like, like i'm like ntc and you guys yeah. are sitting home cracking open beers and i got a flight Literally, I fly into Savannah Airport from NTC, and there's first sergeant 
going, just wash them. You're getting back on a plane tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. what? I just got back. I don't know how he kept ended up on that rotation because, like, when it was my, like, I think the only, honestly, I besides the field exercises to write, the only one I actually ended up on was with one of the uh, tack teams was out to the gunnery. And like you said, like, because it was such a small knit group, I think the worst part was riding out in the middle of the night with Javi to go fix uh, the, uh, that Abrams kept uh, cutting the T1 line over to right, the, the phone line. So finally it just got to the point. I was like, why are we fixing this phone line? Like we all have cell phones out here. Why don't we just use a cell phone? So we're rolling out every, we'd be like, eventually it just got to be the running joke that Javi and I would look at each other and be like, Hey, the phone line's down. He's like, what are you talking about? The phone line. We'd run out to Burger King, run into post, go get us some fast food, roll back in. And it just got to be the running joke. Well, a couple of the Apache pilots found out about it. And they like, they started like almost like putting in their orders because they'd land at the FARP and then they'd taxi over. We're in this field in the middle of nowhere. And then they go up to like their gunneries and stuff like that. Dude. And those guys were like so appreciative of, they'd be like, they'd hook us up with like rides and stuff like that. Like it was like one of those things that like, it was just like, Hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But it come to find out it wasn't, it wasn't the flight crews that didn't appreciate it. It was just like the upper echelon of the, the ranks that were just like, Oh, who's this, who's this clown unit over here? Like, we don't need them. Like we were the only ones running around that place in red berets. So. Exactly. I was just about to mention that. Imagine being on Fort Campbell with red berets and you know campbell and brad had this goofy rivalry so anytime we're at the px or up up in the front of post because they tucked us in away in the back off of range road so you know we we literally were the red-headed stepchildren as they called us with the berets um you know anytime they see us you you know brags that way (laughs) it's like bro we're we're here what are you talking about we're you know I, i got the chicken patch on yeah yeah, we're we're wearing the fuzzy TV. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, fun times, man. But I'm I'm glad we got to get you on. And again, we'll we'll do this again. I we were talking the last time Javi and Timmy and I got together that we want to try to do this somewhere in Savannah. Oh gosh. So we can get we can get everybody together and just shoot the shit. Back to the scene of the crime. Back to the scene of the crime. Yeah, it'd be fun, man. If if I'm gonna suggest a place, I say, uh, you know, Savannah Smiles one night. Oh yeah, definitely. Go to Hooters. (laughs) Oh yeah, we'll have to do that. I I don't know if I'm allowed back in there. I don't know if the. uh... Well, well, if you shave that goofy mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you if you shave that goofy mustache, (laughs) there's a picture of an 18 year old Tim Johnson back there. Yeah, there might be. You know. you know, fast times at Ridgemont High, you might fall in that category if you go rolling back in there with that mustache. Oh, yeah, easy, <laughs> easy there, guys. I think everybody I on might just here start got calling a you Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. You know, and it's crazy because I go to the VA hospital and I'll sit and I see these guys. Um, they, you know, they all have their their Vietnam hats or whatever, Korea, you know, and they're in di- they're from different branches, but they've probably served in the same theater at some point and they've been coming to this hospital for years. And it is, it is refreshing when I walk in and I'll just see these dudes sitting in their wheelchair with their oxygen tanks 
or outside smoking cigarettes and just bullshitting. And I, you know, I used to laugh about stuff like that. Like these old fuckers, they don't have no friends, (laughs) but that's their family. This is going to be us in 20, 30 years, you know, old fuckers can't work anymore. Um, Still talking shit. Just linking up somewhere and yeah, just bullshitting. And uh, you know, it's, I, I don't, I mean, I wish everybody could feel this feeling like where you just, you know that you can depend on, on somebody at any point. It don't matter. I love it, man. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, there's more than just the three of the three of us. Like I said, I mean, it's, we were all supposed to go Tennessee, I think last month or something like that for a wedding. Unfortunately, some things happened and it didn't happen, but dude, we were all looking forward to that. Like, but it was funny because in the group chat, it was just like, Hey, so-and-so if you can't make it, go scoop them up. Like, I mean, if, if somebody had something going on to where they couldn't make it or they couldn't like, they only had one vehicle or something like that. It was like one of those things, like there was, there was no questions asked. Like somebody was coming through to scoop you up because you, we, you weren't going to miss it just because of whatever's going on in life is, is holding you back. And that's it. Like I said, like when, Tim gave me his car that one time and said, go do what you got to do. It's the same thing. Like if, like you said, the, besides family, there's nobody else you can call and expect them to come get you in, in a moment's notice. Cause that's no, you've been to hell and back already once. I mean, what's, what's the difference? Sometimes yeah. two, yeah. three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that too. You guys I'm just happy going. I didn't come out looking like Tim. Yeah. We, we were the stupid ones. Yeah. 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 It happens. <laughs> Alright guys Well I know it's getting late over on that side of the country um, I love you guys We'll uh, we'll link back up And thank you guys again for doing this Oh, absolutely. Anytime Anytime Alright fellas Boy, it was a pleasure. Love you guys Hey boys Sir. Yes,